Kyle Martin, co-host of Late Night Lycanthrope Nightmare Reviews. Just wanted to do an introduction to this episode. This is our first episode, and this was recorded like back in like May or June, I believe. And at the time, we didn't have a name for the podcast yet. So in these like older episodes, you'll hear us talking about how like we don't have a name for the podcast. And, but finally, I, I mean, just recently just came up with one. So um, yeah, this is... Uh, like our first episode, really. It might be our second one, too. I'm quite not sure. But um, it's a little rough, but, uh, you know, we've come a long way since then. So uh, please sit back and enjoy our review of Wind River. Welcome back. Second episode. Maybe the first episode. I don't really know. Uh, <laughs> it's been a while since we've done an interview. Or not an interview. A uh, review. Um, we tried with Bull Durham, but Alden fell asleep for, like, chunks of the movie there so we didn't really want to review a movie that he didn't really watch all that much yeah guys i uh i don't get enough sleep we all know that we do well, i mean they don't know that yet but they will soon come to understand that you don't sleep that much yeah I mean, what's an average sleep that you get what, what like what is it uh sleep? it ranges from uh four to six hours that's not, that's not bad no six it's not hours bad. is like average six yeah. hours is like what every like buddy sleeps really Right. With like a normal job. Right. Yeah. Four hours is... Uh, that's annoying. I wouldn't be able to function on four hours. I drink a lot of coffee. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And espresso. I saw you got some espresso today, too. We have uh, an espresso machine out of my office, so... I can't do that. It's just... It's just... It's like drinking tar. What, espresso? Yeah. No. Well, so I make Americanos. What the fuck is that? It's just espresso with hot water. It's essentially coffee, but there's more caffeine in it. Yeah. God. <laughs> Sounds disgusting. <laughs> Then usually we get, somebody will make a cold brew run in the middle of the day. Okay. And then I'll make two more shots of espresso and put it in my cold brew. Oh, so it's even more ugh. caffeine. Ugh. Oh, it's delicious. Ugh, so I had good. no coffee today. Yeah, you don't like coffee that much. No, nah, I'm not. I, I never got into the whole coffee thing. I was more of just, I don't know. I drink iced tea, water, and soda. Like, every once in a blue moon I drink soda. Yeah. Unless I'm at, like, the movies, then I usually get, like, a very interesting. But yeah, once a blue moon sodas, mostly my drinking habits are water and ice tea, which I, I don't mind. Okay, so um, today, uh, tonight, we watched 2017's Wind River, which, um, plot summary to this, a little synopsis for you here. Um, it starts out with a teenage girl, well, she's 18, so she's technically an adult, a young adult. Uh, running in the snow. She is frantic. Doesn't You don't really know what's going on. You just know that she's running away from something or someone. She collapses in the snow, and it cuts to the next day with Jeremy Renner's character, who is a hunter, and he's like a, he's hunting uh, wolves for this um, reservation that he lives on. And he discovers the girl dead in the snow. Um... And it turns out the girl is the daughter of one of his good friends, who she was the friend of his daughter as well. The FBI is called... The FBI sends in um, Elizabeth Olsen's character, who is kind of, like, fresh out of, like, the Academy, basically. And she teams up with Jeremy Renner, since he knows the land very well. She teams up with him to catch the person that raped and murdered this, uh, this girl. That's really all I want to give away because I want you to watch this movie, so I don't want to go into full spoilers, but we will get into some spoilers. So, um, I saw this movie when it first came out back in 
2017. I think it was around like late September. Interesting fun fact about this movie, it was actually released by the Weinstein Company. Literally uh, like two weeks before the Harvey Weinstein story broke. So, uh, but a great ending to that story is when that story broke, Taylor Sheridan, and this, this is a movie about sexual assault and it's about women in peril and Taylor Sheridan was so disgusted by this when he found out, he actually bought back the rights from the Weinstein Company. Yay! <laughs> he, he bought back the rights from his movie, and he re- they have nothing to do with this movie anymore. They don't get any profits from it being bought or played at all. So that's, that's great. Taylor Sheridan's a great guy and a fantastic filmmaker. But anyway, I saw this back in, t- in September 2017 because I was really excited for it because it's direct. It's written and directed by Taylor Sheridan, who I think is one of the most important voices in filmmaking currently. He has written uh, three films so far in his career, and they are all equally fantastic, borderline classic movies. This is his directorial debut. Uh, Sicario was directed by Denis Villeneuve. Um, Hell or High Water was directed by David McKenzie, who directed Perfect Sense, which was the first movie that we reviewed here. And then Wind River is Taylor Sheridan's directorial debut. Um, and this is... And I immediately, after the movie played, I immediately got out my phone and texted you, and I was like, you should see this movie because this is a movie that you would really dig, I felt like. Um, it's a modern western it, it, Taylor Sheridan is like the only guy that's really making westerns anymore. I feel like you know, like no, unless you watch Westworld, but um, he's the only one that's really making like really classic westerns right now. I love. I when I first saw the movie, I loved it. I thought it was great. It was my number two film of the of 2017 for the longest time um, until I saw Call Me by Your Name. My top three were Lost City of Z was number one. Call Me by Your yeah. Name was number two. It was fantastic, and you just see it. And Lost City is a masterpiece. And yeah. uh, fuck you. And <laughs> Wind River was number three. And I, I was just really struck by this movie, and I was really taken aback by it. And I just, it was, it was just so good. I felt like, and I felt like nothing else topped it since that, after that besides those two movies. But um, uh, you didn't. I texted you, and you were like, "Oh yeah, you were like the second person to tell me to see that," yeah. and. You never saw it? <laughs> I saw it tonight. <laughs> you saw it tonight, though. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It took me moving here from North Carolina for you to watch this later. movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, we um, all know I'm not the best at going to see movies. I try to get on your ass a lot about yeah, it. Yeah, you're, you're my uh, only hope, Obi-Wan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, own, I have Movie Pass, and I don't think I've actually used Movie Pass for two months. Don't you use it at Row House? I have the Row House phone. Oh, that's right. Damn. Yeah. So I, I just went into Row House today and reserved two movies and got them for free. Nice. At a time. <laughs> nice. And, and yeah, it's great. So support your local businesses, guys. Especially your art house movie theaters. Yeah. Like Row House Cinema. Yeah. Um, so I'm really... Do you want a sponsor? Hashtag <laughs> 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 desperate for sponsors. Hi, <laughs> pay me more money so I can sleep more. <laughs> We're at, we're setting up a GoFundMe for Alden's sleep. <laughs> I'll also take uh, sleep transplants if somebody wants to develop that and somebody can sleep for me, and then my brain just takes those nutrients from that person. I will. Uh, you ever see like those ads where people are like they'll 
pay you like three hundred dollars to study while you sleep. Yeah. I've always like wanted to do that, but yeah, I mean, I always heard that was for like desperate college kids, and then uh, yeah, I always uh, heard about these magical studies that would pay college students to do things. Never once got invited to one of those donating sperm. Tried to donate was, sperm. But you had sex in the room. Yeah, I didn't do a good job of that. <laughs> donating plasma, though. Donated plasma for a bit. Then my mom was like, you know, usually only people that really need money donate plasma. And I was like, Mom, you don't need to know my life. Trudy, get out of here. Yeah, Trudy. I can get a little extra cash here and there if I want. Hey, I, I, I'm desperate for some 50 bucks, you know, and I can just yeah. go in there and get it. Yeah, maybe I want to eat a little fancy food. I mean, that's not... <laughs> maybe I want some sushi, you know, blow yeah. my 50, blow, yeah. blow some plasma, there we go. Poke is really expensive, <laughs> and uh, don't judge me, Trudy. Yeah, <laughs> Trudy. How was, uh, how was visiting your parents? It was great. Yeah? How was yeah. Father's Day? Did you do anything with your dad? Um... Not just with my dad. We, uh, we as a family unit, and plus my girlfriend, we went down to a, a nearby national park. Just did a little hike-a-doodle. Nice. Got some ice cream. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's what we did. Nothing, nothing fancy. Got my dad some poopery. What the fuck is that? It's, uh, you, you spray it on your toilet, like on the water in your toilet bowl before you go to the bathroom, and then when you take a little poop, your shit goes and it gets like shrink wrapped in this smell. Is your dad desperate for that? Is that why you got that? Dude, my dad. Well, it's like we have this thing in my family where like the guys, they spend a lot of the time on the toilet. Yeah, you do. (laughs) Yeah, you do. (laughs) So it's just like a little inside joke. And I mean, you know, anytime you go to the bathroom, it stinks a little bit. So this poopery, it, uh, it's called for breeze, man. It alleviates that. Yeah. But for breeze, when you, it's not strong enough. No, when you spray for breeze, it like gets on the things and it gets real sticky, and then lint sticks to it, and it's just a bad deal. Bad mojo. Yeah, bad deal. So, poopery, poopery. That's the way to go. Sponsor us. <laughs> sponsor us, poopery. That's who, whose beer are we drinking right now? Raging bitch. Sponsor us. <laughs> Flying dog. Please, please sponsor. Please us. sponsor us. <laughs> Uh, Even when we get sponsorships, we still beg other companies to sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> this this podcast is brought to you by Row House Cinema. Hey, Southside Works, please sponsor us. <laughs> hey, Taco Bell, please sponsor us. Just horror sells out just every I am, episode. I'm not opposed to it. I'm not either. <laughs> and if any of you people are opposed, you know what? Eat my dick. Yeah. Sponsor us. <laughs> yeah. And you can eat my dick. <laughs> so this movie, Wind River... <laughs> Uh, so, so no, but I am. Uh, I really like this movie, um, and I'm really um, curious to see what your thoughts and your first reactions are. This is my third time seeing the movie. I saw it in the theaters once. I bought the Blu-ray, saw it uh, when I bought it, and now today it was my third time seeing it, and it still holds up to my expectations of it. So now I'm really excited for your first viewing. What did you think of this movie? I thought it was amazing. Um, yeah, I, I, there are so many good things to say about this movie. Jeremy Renner, he's not always great, but in this he was great. Yeah. Um, I think he's one of those actors that when he's, like, paired with the right director, like, he can he can really bring it. Yeah. And I can't really think of somebody that would have done better in this role. Like... Chris Pine was originally supposed to play his role. That would have not worked. Yeah. I don't... I couldn't... I can't... I think he's great in Hell or High Water. Like, yeah, he really... Because yeah. I didn't... For the longest time, I didn't really think Chris Pine was that great. I thought he was just, like, pretty boy, like, whatever, man. But um, yeah. I in fucking hell or high water, man. He fucking brings it in that movie, man. Like, oh, yeah. He totally disappears. But I, I, I don't. But Jeremy Renner does such a good job in this movie. I couldn't really picture anyone else. Yeah, no. Uh, 
there's not anybody today, and like, even if this was had been made in a different time period, like John Wayne, I don't think would have done a good job. At nah, this. too racist. Well, it's definitely too <laughs> racist because like clearly Jeremy Renner's character. Uh, I mean, they don't get into the politics of it, but like he he was married to he was married to a woman that lived on or grew up on the Wind River Reservation, and so it's like yeah, clearly he's uh, he's. He's, he's definitely it, it's he's definitely like he's like kind of like the uh outcast cowboy you know he was like the yeah. cowboy that came and he kind of he he found himself more at home with the native americans than he did with his own kind yeah and so he kind of just migrated into that culture yeah that's how i read his character yeah i, I by that and like it really makes you think because they introduce you to his character through as a as a sniper a hunter using a sniper rifle to kill a wolf and and like I don't know I mean the, the way that things have been split so much today so many liberals would be like oh he's got a gun he's a republican and yeah. like not to get into this too much but it's it definitely they avoid the politics of it all but like it, it really challenges that stereotype of gun owners are are hard ass republicans oh definitely definitely he's like that's just the way of life there. Like, if you don't own a gun, you're probably gonna die. <laughs> like, from, right. just from the wildlife. Like, when he, like, shines that light into that den and there's just those mountain lions just hibernating, yeah. like, fuck, man. Like, it's... This is... The line that sums this movie up perfectly is um, a, a line that Elizabeth Olsen starts with, and she says... Um, she's talking to the, the chief, uh, the uh, chief of police, they call him chief, and she says, should we wait for backup? And he turns to her and he says... This isn't the land of backup. This is the land of you're on your own. Yeah, that perfectly, I think, sums up this the the setting of this movie and the movie in general too. It's just like you're yeah. they're on their own out here. You know, the cavalry isn't coming. You know, right? And yeah, I mean, it, it's it definitely the landscape is such a character. And oh my God. again, the chief says it perfectly. He's like, "Welcome to Wyoming, where you have to drive fifty miles to get to someplace five miles away." Yeah. Yeah. It's like perfect. Yeah, I have driven through that those those parts of the country, and it is insane. Um, yeah, and like just the, the 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 use of the wide shots to just establish the land, or just this whole movie could have been shot in like wide shots, and I would have been fine with yeah, that. Yeah, it was like pretty great. Like there's this one shot. Um, it's like with the sun coming through, like the cloud, like it's all these clouds, but there's like one opening, and it's like yeah. this pink rays coming yep. out of it. Like it was, it was fantastic. I thought, yeah. I thought the director of photography would just fucking he didn't really have to do much, man. Just point the camera. That's yeah, really all he had to do. It's, it's pretty pretty amazing out there, but yeah. This but it's also good. I mean, like it's beautiful to look at, but the weather and the landscape is will kill you in yeah. a second if you're not prepared for it. Yeah, you know. And just by, I mean, the main the movie starts out with with this girl running through the snow, and how she died was she breathed in all this this cold air, and it basically her lungs burst from it, you know. And it's like that the you don't even have to wait for you know bad people or the animals. The weather can kill you faster than they could, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's insane. The weather out there, and I mean, they they touch on how crazy the weather is and all that too. But um, yeah, it's it's epic. What 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 else did you think about? So you like Jeremy Renner's performance? What do you think about uh, Elizabeth Olsen's character and her performance? She's really good. Um, yeah. She hasn't really been in 
She's in the Avengers movies. Um, I haven't seen that. She, I mean, she's a side character. Doesn't really do much in the movies. You yeah. know, she's just there. Um, she was in this. She was in the Old Boy remake. Where uh, I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not a fan of that movie. It's. It's. You know, why remake a classic? Um, Money. Yeah, exactly. It didn't make. They it. were screaming. Did somebody sponsor it? Yeah, <laughs> Spike Lee would needed a paycheck. <laughs> um, she's. I mean, she's good, but I mean, the movie's just not that great, and she has such a small role where it's just like I kind of think she was wasting that movie. Um, there's this movie called Martha. Martha Mary, Marcy Marlene, or something like that. Uh, she she's a lead character in that, and she's she's really good in that too. She plays like a cult, like an ex cult member. Um, okay. She's really good in that. But um, she was pretty good in Kodachrome. I, mean, I haven't seen that yet. Yeah. yeah, that was the first thing I'd seen her, and then it was it was good. Yeah, I think she's a very like underrated actor. She she just needs that one movie where it's just like she's like the lead, and so she can just like kill it, and then she'll be like on a whole other level, you know. Yeah. But um, I think she's she's a she's a great actress. Even like all the 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 side characters too, like Chief. Like Chief is great. You totally buy that he's just like been on this land for like the yeah. longest time, and he's just just like knows the way of life, you yeah. know. And like the uh, Jeremy Brenner's ex-wife, you know, she's she's really good. Like she's, she, I mean, like every scene that she's in is just like pain, you know. She's yeah. just like really grieving, you know. And um, his son is good too. He has a good interaction with his son in the beginning there, where his son is like holding his BB gun like right at yeah, him. He's yeah. like, "What's your BB gun pointed at?" You know, and he's just like teaching his son how to respect yeah. weapons and you know. And um, but I think like this movie's cast really well uh, and. Really, really well. You 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 believe that everyone has just been like living on this land, you yeah, know, and just like knows the ins and out of, outs of it, you know. Well, I would be really inter- interested to see, um, like whether or not they actually hired indigenous, or not indigenous, but um, American Indian actors, because they all seem they all certainly I, look the part. Yeah. so I would be really surprised if they weren't. If they I, weren't, I actually, think Taylor Sheridan probably. Yeah. Uh, went the extra length to actually cast right, right. right. I, w- I would hope so yeah um, but yeah I mean um, I forget his name but the father of the girl the, who goes missing at oh, the very beginning oh my god he is one of my favorites in the film he kills it yeah. and he has two he has two scenes in the movie fucking nails it yeah fucking you just you, f- you feel his pain he's like been a character actor for many years many years I just saw him in a movie where I was just like oh it's a guy from it's a dad from Wind River and he just fucking brings it in this movie, man. He's just like... The scene when... His first scene, when he opens the door and Jeremy Renner's standing there in the doorway and he just like breaks the fuck down. Yeah. And, you know, you just... You buy it, man. You just feel yeah. it. And then when... One of my favorite lines of the movie is when Jeremy Renner's consoling him. And he's like... He's talking about this uh, AA meeting... Or not AA meeting, but like a grief... Grief. Grief. Uh, a therapy session that he went to and the guy... the therapist like comes up to him he's like yeah i got good news and bad news he's like the good the bad news is that you're never going to be the same again you'll never be whole it's like the good news is once you accept that you will allow yourself to revisit her in your memory which i did uh, and then it's just the way jeremy renner delivers delivers it in the way um the father i'm sorry but i'm blanking on his name but the way that the father reacts to it i think is just is one of probably my favorite moments yeah, the film definitely it was really good. Um, what did you think of the uh, the overall cinematography of it? Because like it goes from like these very like kind of like um, tripod like wide shots to very kind of like handheld shaky cam. 
Yeah. Yeah. Did you find that distracting at all, or um, did you dig it at all? No, I liked it. I mean, I, I love handheld. Mm -hmm. um, I, I mean, the cameras that we have access to now are so versatile that it's like, yeah. why not go handheld? It makes for a more dynamic shot, I think. And there are very levels, levels of handheld camera work, but... I think we both agree that, I mean, the, how we make movies is... I like having shake to my films. Right. But we don't go, like, over top of it where it's just, like, chaoticness, you know? You, yeah. There's always... You have your subject in the center of the frame, but you just give it a little bit of tilt, you know, and a little bit of just, like, motion. Yeah. Just because, I mean, the way I view that as is, in life, there's always motion. We're not perfectly still, you know? We're never like this, just like, this isn't how you talk to somebody, you know? You don't... Yeah. You move around. When you're relaxed with someone and when you're in a situation, you kind of just, you move around a bit, your eyes move around, you inspect the room. And that's how I feel cinema should be. You, yeah. I mean, there are moments when you should, you know, tripod a camera and, you know, establish a scene. But I feel that, like, for the majority of film, you should just have a little, you should always have motion in your camera. Right, right. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, it just, like, it used to be like when there was film with the tripod, you like could see the motion mm -hmm. of of a static shot through the grain moving and all that. Yeah. And we don't really get that anymore. Everything's digital now. Yeah, and almost the handheld replaces that in a way. Um, but yeah, I, it was really good, and and I even some of those wide establishing shots, they were handheld. They were yeah. just like you really had like they were so wide. They were on such a wide lens that it looked stable. Yeah. And, like, you really had to look and see, like, on the edge of the screen. Where I think this movie was shot a lot on a, um, um, what's it called? Um, Steadicam. Steadicam, right? I think that's what they use really primarily a lot for this movie, to give that kind of, like, that free-flowing, smooth motion. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Uh, camera work amazing. Um, acting amazing. Uh, Sheridan... This this completes his um, New Frontier trilogy that started with Sicario, continued with Hell or High Water, and then now ends with Wind River. Okay. And it's kind of just about, the whole trilogy is just really about how we've lost our way as, like, Americans. How the old way of doing things is now gone. The old way of life has really just kind of, like, free fault, and now we're in this state of we don't know where to go now. Yep. We've kind of lost a bit of who we are as Americans. I think every one of those movies ends with, what do we do now? I mean, especially with, like, Sicario, Hell or High Water, and Wind River is like, what do we do now? And it's kind of like this loss of innocence. Yeah. I really like um, how this film plays into the... Not plays into... It, but it, 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 it talks about the hardships that American Indians have faced and, and all of the, every, all the shit we put them through. Oh, right. Like, oh, yeah. Um, There's a great shot that starts us out with where um, Jeremy Renner is driving, I think, to the father's house. And the camera pans up and you just see an American flag hung upside yeah. down. Yeah. It's like that's, that's all you got to say, right, just about how these people have been treated and how and what their status is now yeah. as Americans. Yeah, and I mean, like, even just the, the little things where the chief is like, 
I don't have backup. Like, I'm used to no help. I only have six people. Yeah. And Elizabeth Olsen says... And they all died in the end of this movie. I just put that together. I was like, oh, shit, everyone's dead. Well, I don't think all of them were part of the... I think some of them were different branches of... Okay. ...of the government. Because there definitely were six there. Yeah. (laughs) But Elizabeth Olsen points out that... um, that the area, that the reservation that he has six people to cover is the size of Rhode Island. Yeah. Could you imagine Rhode Island only having six people on the police force? And there is an interesting um, uh, statistic at the end of this movie where... Well, there's not a statistic. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, exactly. There is. It's just a fact is that Native American women aren't um, accounted for in disappearances but there's, there's no, a database for it but they don't put Native American women in there yeah I, I I'm, you might be misquoting it because the way it seemed to me it was like there's a database for for women in America but there have been no record of Native American women gotcha, gone yeah. missing gotcha it just goes to show you the it's pretty fucked up right, right, right. <laughs> pretty fucked up it's like we're still we're still just fucking them over, you know, after all these years. Oh, you know? I mean, yeah, we could go on and on about all that. And it's it's interesting how they get into the chief of police says these guys would rather go to prison. They get three meals a day and a warm cot and TV mm-hmm. for cable. You yeah. don't get that out here. Yeah, I know it shows them because they 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 go to bust in to this one house, this crack house, basically, and it's just like it's just it's like run to shit, and it's like yeah. that, that's. That's when this one guy, he says, like, oh, you arrested my dad. Oh, my brother's in prison, too. It just goes to show you. It's just, like, and especially with how you see the land of how it is, too. It's just always snowing, and it's just, it's only the tough survive there. And if you're not tough enough, then you're going to go crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's brutal. And at the end, Jeremy Renner, when he's talking to the rapist, he's calling that because he's a piece of shit. Yeah, fuck him. Um, I don't even think they gave him an, or it's Paul, but yeah, fuck him, he's a rapist. Um, they he the rapist is going on and on about how he's they're stuck out here and there's nothing to do. That's no, no, no. Yeah, <laughs> God, it's just like how can you hate this person even more? Yeah. Oh, give him a fucking like awful fucking voice too. Yeah. But and and Jeremy says, yeah, it's funny. We kicked these people to this land and made them do that for a hundred years, and you yeah. see how they turned out. Yeah. What this one of the things of this movie is. Um, the sins of the parents living on in their children. And it's kind of like the the children of, of Jeremy Renner's character and of, of the father uh, character, both their children died the same way. They were left out in the cold yeah. and their lungs burst from breathing in the cold weather. And it's kind of like they just go on existing now. And it's like, it's like what Jeremy Renner said earlier in the film, you're not whole but you get to revisit her, like, in your mind, and it's just, what do you do after that? What do you do? You just exist, and you just try to do right by what you think that she, what they would, what they would want, you know, and it's just, yeah. that's, that's one of my favorite film, like, my favorite themes to see in a movie is, is the sins of the parents living on their children, because that's just, I think that, that's a very prominent thing in life, you know? Yeah. One of, one of my favorite scenes, um, I think one of the standout scenes in this movie is when the cops go to the oil rig site and they have the standoff yeah. with 
the security squad with the security team and the one cop is just like what what are you doing you know he's like why are you flanking me and you're like oh shit because you just you automatically see it too like they're all just like getting up and you're like something's not right something's not right and the tension is just built up because now it becomes like a mexican standoff yeah with all of them pointing guns in all directions you know and it's that scene is so fucking tense like even after watching it twice before i'm still like oh fuck oh fuck oh fuck you know i'm still yeah. like oh my god like any second like a trigger could be pulled there yeah what do you think of that scene like oh i thought it was really good and i mean yeah. the the it's it's interesting because before that standoff we were with jeremy renner when he finds the mountain lion yeah and he sees them from afar and he gets out his binoculars and looks at them we don't know. We don't get to see. We don't get to see what he sees. But he then tries to radio the chief, and um, like you can tell that something's up. Yeah, because you see the tracks from the snowmobile is heading right. right to the oil rig camp. And before that, we Jeremy Renner and Elizabeth Olsen's character discovered a body, a very mangled body, uh, not far from that oil rig site. Yeah, and and maybe you just answered my one qualm, but my one qualm is. How did Jeremy Renner, and, and I, I am inferring a little bit here, mm-hmm. when Elizabeth Olsen is knocking on the door saying, FBI, come out, the chief turns away to get Jeremy Renner's radio call, and um, and then he immediately turns and says, Elizabeth, get away, or not Elizabeth, Jane, whatever her name is, get away from the door, and then she gets shot before she can do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and my qualm is, we don't, and this is what I'm inferring, but when, in the moment, I was like, how did Jeremy Renner know that the, there were people in there that had guns? Mm-hmm. And I, now I'm thinking, okay, I am inferring that he I think, knew all that. Because yeah. he, he could just have been making a call to the chief saying, ah, you see tracks. Something's fucked up, yeah. Right. I think, yeah, I think, I think because, so her body was six miles away from the oil rig site yeah. from what we're established here. And then, which was, I think, like another five miles was... Um, the crack house that they were at. I don't know. I think it was in the other direction. But anyway, so I think from discover from where the crack house was uh, to where finding the body at, how he pieced that all together was from the crack house. Her body was discovered where he found John Bernthal's body and the oil rig site. I think he created basically the map inside of his head of, oh, yeah. she ran from there to there. That's where they dumped his body. And then from where all that was in proximity to each other, I think he just discovered, oh, yeah. these people are... Because it wasn't the crack house. It wasn't him because he didn't know right. about his sister. Right. So it has to be these people. He just yeah. kind of came to that conclusion. Right. I don't think he really probably knew that there were people inside that um, trailer with guns, but yeah. he knew that these people are responsible. Yeah. Man, he is such a badass, though, Jeremy Renner. Dude. <laughs> when, when after the big shootout, when there are a couple of the oil rig guys left, um, and they're like trying to collect themselves and then the one like the captain like sees something yeah. but he can't quite make out what it is and then Jeremy they, yeah and then they do that the wide shot of like first, and you're trying to find oh, Jeremy yeah. Renner and I, I did find him I didn't find him real quick I was just like wait where the fuck is he again yeah, oh he's yeah. right there in the bottom like left yeah. right corner but it's just like oh fuck it was awesome just cause I mean he, he like they really set up the whole white camo thing well, from this get-go, like that, yeah. you, you're introduced to Jeremy Renner in the white camo, and but that was just crazy because he had he had two sets of white camo. He had white camo that was like um, 
like your traditional camo where you're hiding in the wood in inside of bushes or trees or whatever and then he had like a full white camo that was like just white and was made for him to hide on top of snow and that was that was really badass and i i think um one thing i who knows if they did this intentionally or not but it heralds back to um traditional westerns is that cowboys the good cowboys always had white hats on yes and jeremy renner yes his hat is actually gray i believe yeah, but it's more of like a beige yeah but the whole but his like his suit his his white camo suit is is like the modern day white hat yeah i know totally and then all of the security oil rig guys are all wearing black yeah you know really good yeah See, I see what you did there, Taylor Sheridan. Yeah, I see what you did there. Um, gosh, it's, this movie is just... But the, the thing is, it's like, this is such a great fucking movie. Um, oh, also, the when Elizabeth Olsen's character... I love this whole sequence with the, at the oil rig, and then when Elizabeth Olsen's character is knocking on the door, and then it cuts to John Berenthal in yeah, the trailer. Yeah, that was really trippy. And then you think that he's walking towards the door, he's going to open it, it's Elizabeth Olsen, but then it turns out to be a flashback. Because, spoiler alert, John Bernthal was the dead body. Yeah, John Bernthal was the dead body, and he was the boyfriend of the uh, uh, daughter. Who was visiting him. Yeah, she was visiting him. And it goes into this whole flashback, and there is just this very um, graphic rape scene. Yeah, that was really Yeah, really... (laughs) If you want to watch an uncomfortable rape scene, let's watch Irreversible next. <laughs> ten, ten minute wonder just a rape scene. Or a Serbian film, right? I, 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 here's the thing, man. I love all cinema. I will watch a, I will watch any movie. You know, I'll, yeah. I'll watch anything. And yeah, I've seen, I've seen some really hardcore shit, and I feel like I just need to see a Serbian film. Like I feel like I just yeah. need to watch it. Like I'm not like I just. I just love watching movies and I love cinema and like extreme cinema is like this thing that like I'm always I'm always intrigued about. It's always just like it's like your parents telling you no, you can't do that. It's like, well yeah. fuck you, I'm gonna do this anyway. Yeah. You know? So it's I know a Serbian film is like it's fucked up. It's fucked up beyond fucked up. Right. But it's like oh, fuck, I really wanna like watch this movie. Yeah. I mean Joe Joe and Adam just did a commentary did you did you listen to it no i listened to it it was you listened to it without watching the movie i can that's dude i like the commentaries more than their actual like podcast right now i think the commentaries i listened to one single commentary of theirs dude they're so good they're right now they're like better than the interviews i think yeah their episodes are Uh, the the one they do with simon barrett is actually really good who's that he's a writer for your next the blair witch movie that came out that last one that came out today? The one that we watched. No, the episode. Yeah, yeah, that came out today. To. It's really good. It's like over two hours long. Yeah. Hey, Movie Crypt, did you want to sponsor? Hey, Movie Crypt, sponsor us. Sponsor another podcast, if yeah. that makes sense. Um, I mean, you sponsor Adam's band, so same thing. <laughs> I like their one song. It's yeah. catchy. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. But anyway, um... Yeah, uh, that that whole se- the sequence in the flashback sequence, I think, is... is I love John Bernthal, man. I, he gets a lot of hate, because some people think he's like a monotone actor, but I think he's fantastic. I thought man. he was good in this. Yeah, I thought he was so good he's in this. He's a great baby driver. Yeah, he's, <laughs> if you don't see me again, 
I'm dead. Yeah. Never sees him again. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, oh man, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I thought that he was really good in this movie. And now, when he's just fucking just going to town on the yeah, fucking rapist man, he's just like beating his head in and he's just like, yeah, that dude could like break your face in one punch, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, that dude's fucking yeah, like, built. You see his entire <laughs> <He's> like, <gasps> body right before that. <laughs> like, that dude's like, fuck man, that dude could, that dude, can throw a punch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that whole sequence, it, it's, it's horrific to watch, but it, it's really masterfully done, I think. And, um, and then the sequence that follows that when she just gets fucking blasted with that shotgun through the trailer yeah. door. I was like, oh shit, she's dead. Oh, I was yeah, like, I oh shit, we just went there. <laughs> and then like, and then it's just that shootout that it just turns into like a Mexican standoff again where they're just all just firing bullets at one another. And then it goes into that awesome sequence of fucking Jeremy Renner just sniping motherfuckers. Yeah. You know? And then when, when he takes out everyone outside and that one guy is like, peeking through the window he's like where's he at and he just gets fucking blasted clear across yeah. the room oh yeah. man that's so fucking good yeah yeah I mean the, the only problem I had with the shootout was that I like nine most of it played out in a wide shot and so it was and their colors were too close like the their their jackets and stuff yeah, were too yeah. close to really differentiate yeah who was who and so that was like really confusing at first like mm-hmm. Uh, who made it? Yeah, who, who's alive? Who's yeah. not? I mean, he really takes out everyone except the rapist in that sequence, you know, and then... I mean, Jeremy Renner does, yeah, yeah. but, like, in, in the initial shootout, where all the oh, officers gotcha. were shooting each gotcha, other. Gotcha, yeah. Even the, even the officers, too, it's like, who's who, you know? Because right. we're really just introduced to them in the scene before, right. you know, so you right. don't really know anyone. Yeah. Besides Chief and Elizabeth Olsen. Right. Um, yeah, and, and then the sequence that follows that when... He just he captures the rapist and he drives him up <laughs> up the mountain and he's just like he makes him confess to to raping the girl and then he's just like you're going to feel what she felt and he just like blasts his fucking eardrum off yeah and then that was he just sweet. oh dude it's so good and then he just makes him run dude doesn't even like make like six hundred feet and then he just collapses and yeah. dies Ugh, so good some one of the things that bothered me on this viewing is I didn't notice this in the theater and I didn't notice this on my second viewing of it but I noticed it in the third viewing was some of the bad snow effects oh man it was so bad yeah I was like there was a couple there was a handful where I was just like ooh man that's seeing that up close I'm like I can tell that's fake yeah I can tell he's behind a green screen right now <laughs> and it's just a snow effect uh, I don't even think it was green screen because I worked on a TV show where we had to add snow to a couple shots. Yeah. And, like, the guy, some of the animators had to generate, like, had to create snow. Yeah. And put it into the scene. And luckily, there were only, like, five shots we had to do it to, so they could spend a lot of time on it. Mm-hmm. Whereas something like this, I'm sure there wasn't a big budget for the snow. Oh, yeah, not at all. And I think even Taylor Sheridan said he didn't even have, like, all the money up front, really. Yeah. And, and, and I think he had to, actually, there's a story, he told a story where he actually submitted a work in progress cut to the Sundance Film Festival so that it could get accepted and so that he could get the rest of the money to complete the film. That's cool. Yeah. But, like, it was, it was bad because there was one shot where I think it was at the crack house where there was, there was some, it was, like, a fridge outside or something. Yeah. And there was... I remember you, like, There was like melted like, water on it. Mm-hmm. it. It's, like, snow had melted onto it. And it's, like... Well, if this was supposed to be minus 20, that snow shouldn't be melting on that yeah. fridge, so 
that means that snow that we're seeing is not real. Yeah, exactly. And I think we. I mean, my TV is is like what, like a couple, like feet away from yeah, us. You know, like it's like really. Cool. It's something where you could like see. It's like we're seeing it like really up close. I think on a big screen wouldn't really be able. I didn't catch it. You know that. Yeah, on my yeah. first of viewing, and I didn't catch it on my second viewing. But seeing it more up close, it's like oh, that's that's bad. Yeah. But but I mean that's yeah whatever that sounds yeah like not a big thing at all for me yeah no not at all um what do you think about uh when the rapist is running through the snow after Jeremy Renner fires off that shot in his ear and he's running in what what did you think about that song playing over when he's dying did you find that distracting at all oh I didn't even notice it you didn't even notice it okay good good because that was um one of the criticisms I heard from someone else was like oh I didn't like that song that was playing. It took me out of the moment. I don't even remember a song. And I was, I was waiting to see if that moment would take me out after it, on my third viewing. And I didn't really mind it at all. I didn't think of it, of anything at all. Because that song comes up multiple times throughout okay. the movie. And I just think it's kind of like, it's the, the end cap to that, yeah. that whole theme. Jeremy Renner's character, all he did was, was shoot the guy in the air. Yeah. To, to, I mean, I don't even know if he actually hit the air. It was more to just blow the guy's eardrum. I mean, out. the the gun was like this far away from his ear. Right? But yeah. His eardrum was fucking that's, busted. Right, that's yeah. what I mean. Um, like baby driver. <laughs> that's a John Hamm scare. Oh yeah, yeah, that's end. right. Um, but yeah, it was it was. I mean, like the I really wanted Jeremy Renner to just like let the guy shuffle away for like a hundred yards and then just fucking blast him in the back. Yeah. Because yeah. that's what he deserved. Yeah. But That's too quick of a death. But right. But I, him to I, suffer. Yeah, I think from a storytelling perspective it makes a lot more sense for him to die the way that the girl died. I was like, well, if you wanted to hurt him to feel what she felt, you should have just like shoved a huge fucking rod up his ass yeah. first and then make him fucking run and fucking have his lungs burst, you know? Yeah. Um... Yeah, just fan. It's like one of those movies like you watch and it's just like, man, that was fucking awesome. I never want to watch this again though because it's depressing as fucking hell. Yeah, <laughs> I'm really glad that they didn't develop the romance between Jeremy Renner and. Oh man, I'm so glad they didn't do that at all too. I think our, our friend Wes, he was, he mentioned to me after he saw his movie, he's like, oh man, I really wanted Jeremy Renner and Elizabeth Olsen to bang. At the end, I was just like, "That's not their relationship, dude. Yeah. That's not it. It's 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 about respect. It's about her becoming his equal in his eyes. You know. Yeah. She went through this whole experience with him, and he went through this whole experience with her, and it's about them coming to like this mutual respect for one another. Because at first, she's just like she's the outsider. You know. Right. She's the one just rolling into town, and you know she doesn't. She's just she doesn't get it. She doesn't get the way of life, you know? Yeah. She doesn't understand the people or the culture. And then throughout this whole experience, you know, with him kind of almost looking down at her in, in a sort of way, you know, she she kind of shows her 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 worth, you know? She yeah. fucking, she brings it, you know? And in that whole scene in the hospital sequence with them, it's him just being like, you're, that'll, you know, he's like, that'll do, you know, you did, you did your job. Yeah. Know? I respect you. How, if there was a possibility for romance, I don't know how my mind got off to this, but I was like, huh, you know, maybe Woody Harrelson would have made an interesting actor for this role. For, for Jeremy, Jeremy Renner's role? Yeah. It's interesting in the fact that it would have been just aged up a little bit more. He, he would have yeah. definitely been like 
oh, he he's seen some shit, you know? He, yeah. Because Jeremy Renner looks young in this movie. Right. He just and looks young. He does. And that was one of the things, was like, the the father of the girl who does die, like, he seems way older than Jeremy Renner. Yeah, Jeremy Renner was supposed to be the father of, like, she was 17 friend. when she died, and he has, like, a five-year-old. He just seems a little bit young yeah. for that. Yeah. So that that was the only thing I was like, ah, that's not entirely. But Chris Pine would have been worth because you would have been like, I don't oh, fucking yeah. buy that with Chris no, Pine. No, you know no. that dude's fucking single as shit. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, Woody Harrelson, as far as age goes, would have done it. But yeah, like know. a Woody Harrelson kind of maybe like a Clint Eastwoody kind of like age range between that. You know. Yeah. Maybe or, like a Liam Neeson. Nah. No. Nah? I can't see him doing it. I can see him doing it. Liam Neeson could do anything. Okay. I could see Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. I can, I could see a really messed up, like just Matthew a true, true detective Matthew yeah, McConaughey. Yeah, exactly. just like, oh yeah. But that's the thing. I was like, oh, what are you so? Oh, oh just Matthew get the true detective gang back together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't. Season three, dude, it's coming up. I believe it when I see it. Yeah, exactly. It's coming. No, they're filming it. They've been filming it. Yeah, that's fine. I'll believe Doesn't it mean when it's I, any good. I will believe it when I'm watching the first I don't episode know. on the, TV. The thing is that they were supposed to, um, the guy that directed The Green Room, um, great film from 2016, very underrated, um, he was supposed to direct the majority, I think he was supposed to direct, yeah, he was supposed to direct the majority of season three. That's where they messed up in season two is that they didn't keep one director for the Exactly. Well, here's the thing, he was supposed to direct the majority of season three with um, Nick Pizzolatto directing maybe two episodes. He quit after the first episode, and so then I think they got multiple directors back again. So it's That's like, oh, you fucked up Nick Pizzolatto again. You couldn't fucking let go of your shit, man. That's the problem with fucking Nick. Here's the thing, man. True Detective work. True Detective season one works because you have a single writer and you have a single director, and you have one vision from that director. You have two great fucking actors who are just chewing the fucking scenery and are just living in those characters. Season two makes that mistake of you cast really good actors but then you have multiple directors and you have Nick Pizzolatto putting in his input and then you have a director putting in his input and it just doesn't it doesn't come together True Detective works from like an 8 hour long movie that's how it should be now I think Nick Pizzolatto just can't let go of that maybe his ego is too big he just can't he can't a writer should always be when you have when you're a writer and you're giving up and you're not a director. You have to let go at a certain point. That's just how it is. Yeah. When you're a writer-director, fuck it, man. It's your thing. It's your baby. You fucking fight for the death of it. Once yeah. you have a director there, you just have to let go. You have multiple directors. You have to let go. I think Nick Pizzolatto was just, you know, talking in their ear. And I don't think he has... I mean, Kerry Fukunaga is one of the greatest directors working today. Yeah. You just have to let him do his thing. You can't... You can't be putting in your input. You just let him do his thing. And that's why True Detective works as an uh, eight-hour-long movie. Yeah, and, and well, that's the other problem, is that, like, it's an anthology, so, like, you can't take season one, which is directed entirely by the same person, yeah. and then in season two be like, okay, let's give five people yeah, it different it, amounts of That's not of what it should be. Yeah, that's no. not what it should be. It should just be one long movie, you know, right. directed by one person, written by one person. Yeah. And I think, but that's the thing, is I don't think, it shouldn't be a... a Okay, one year we do it, then the next year we do it, then the next year we do it, then next it shouldn't be that. It should be like, okay, we do the one season and then we wait two years. Yeah. Develop it, develop the story. That's I mean he took I think he took like like three years to write that first season. That's well, I and it, it was shows, way more than that. 
it may it have been like, like 10 years. 10 years? I don't know, about 10 years, maybe uh, five years. But anyway, that's why, that's why season one works, because he took his time writing it. And then you gave it to a director who fucking had a vision, and he fucking went for it. Yeah. When you try to rush that writing process of eight, of eight fucking episodes and then give it to multiple directors, it just it it just doesn't come together that well, you know. TV, I mean, like half hour long TV shows work that way just because it's a fucking machine, you know. And you got right. multiple writers doing it. You give one writer that job, man. That's just, you're, it's not going to work out. I couldn't fucking do that. Yeah. No, not me either. We'll see how season three goes. He did bring in uh, David Milch to help him. Craft season three. David Milch did uh, Deadwood, which is an old HBO show that's fucking phenomenal. Okay. So I'm interested to see how that pans out. But um, yeah, I'm not really excited about the multiple directors thing at all. Yeah. Uh, Especially because I liked um, Jeremy Saloner so much from Green Room. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen it. We'll watch it. I have it, so we'll okay. watch it. Don't worry. But yeah, one writer who can write multiple scripts is Taylor Sheridan, and they actually turned out really well. <laughs> Good year. Good year. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, Wind River, I give it. Yeah, five out of five. It's the kind of movie that you just you watch, you experience, and it's like, man, I never want to watch that, you know, in in a while. But man, that's it's just it's such a great story, and it's such yeah. it's told very 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 well. Uh, it's a great end cap to his New Frontier trilogy. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. Um, one thing I will say: terrible choice of fonts for your end credits. Incredibly hard to read. I was just I wasn't just paying bad. attention. Just bad. No one can top the John Carpenter font. I'm not. I every don't, okay. Next John Carpenter. I mean, he does the same font in every movie. And it is just, I've tried ripping it off, can't find the font. It's on Netflix, it's actually, it's on Netflix right now, so you have really you no go. excuse to not watch this movie. There you go. If you're, like, in the mood to feel fucking depressed as shit, it's a great movie to watch. If you're in the mood to watch this great filmmaking, it's a great movie to watch. If you're in the mood to watch this a fantastic story with great themes about the human condition, great movie to watch. Yeah. And if you listen to us for this long, why haven't you watched the movie already? Stop the podcast and go watch the fucking movie. Have a good day, everyone. I've been Kyle Martin. You can find me on Facebook as Kyle Martin. You can find me on Instagram as Supertramp underscore Kyle. Uh, I'm Alden Roth. You can find me on Facebook, but I won't interact with you because I don't check my Facebook. <laughs> uh, so find me on Instagram at <laughs> Alden Roth too. And if you wanna, if you really wanna have a conversation about this film. Or any of the things we said, uh, hit me up on Twitter because I'm trying to start that community kind of thing. I'm so. not on Twitter, so fuck that. If you want to talk about this film, just give me a call at 717-304-3482. I'll give, I'll give my phone number out. I don't give a shit. That's right, ladies. He's single. <laughs> I'm single ready to mingle, bitch. That's not going to get you anywhere. <laughs> ask, ask my multiple ex-girlfriends <laughs> why that hasn't gotten me far. Have a great night, everyone. Thank you for listening, as always.